1: everyone. My name is Denise White and I am the host of the VIP Ignite Live podcast. And today I am so excited to have Benjamin Lee here on the podcast. Benjamin, thank you so much for being here with us.
0: Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Thank you for having me.
1: You're welcome. So Benjamin, I know you have a very diverse background to get to where you are. So can you give us just a brief overview of who you are and how you got where you are?
0: Sure. Uh, So I like to say I've had a lot of past lives. Uh, I mean, I literally started my entrepreneurial journey when I was eight years old. Uh, I was going to real estate investment seminars uh, with my parents. I bought and flipped my first house, obviously, with my parents' help at 15. uh, We built a relatively large uh, real estate uh, empire, I guess you can say. Uh, We had a mortgage brokerage, real estate brokerage, title insurance company. Uh, we did hard lending. Uh, we actually did uh, large-scale development. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Tanya Tucker. Uh, we actually bought her estate that was on uh, Tuckerville on CMT uh, in 2000, I think it was 2007. Uh, she had a 25,000-square-foot house that we're converting to a uh, basically a clubhouse for you know for a, a golf course. We are building an 18-hole championship golf course uh, with 482 home sites. Um, and then, obviously, the crash happened. And I remember just sitting there for, geez, like a couple of weeks, not doing anything because, you know, the market was going to hell in a handbasket. I was like, I probably got to figure out something else to do. So (laughs) I remember uh, when I was younger, uh, my parents had given me a trading account and they're like, listen, just if you lose all the money, it doesn't matter. Just try to learn something. So I did pretty well with that. And I said, why don't I try that again? So, you know, started um, options trading. Then that was a little too slow for me Then started day trading. And then got to the point where, you know, I actually day traded the s and E-mini futures for eight months without a losing day, except for commissions. Wow. Uh, then I was running trading rooms where I would actually trade my live account, where you know people would actually uh, listen in uh, as I gave my you know commentary on what I believe the market was gonna do. Uh, created a couple of courses on trading psychology. Uh, I have my uh, master's strategist designation in neuro-linguistic programming. So applied a lot of that stuff to obviously myself and helping other traders. Uh, Know, become more consistently profitable. Uh, and then, you know, my family started investing in microcap public companies in the pharmaceutical drug delivery technology space, as well as cannabis. So uh, they didn't have as uh, much experience as they needed. So they're like, hey, listen, we need, you know, help with this. So uh, we took an active uh, investor role. Uh, so I moved out to LA, actually worked with, uh, you know, the companies. Uh, and then, you know, after, you know, we kind of finished that up. Uh, I started working with a company that's now uh, 10X Health System. Yeah, so I was a chief operating officer of that company, uh, you know, right before uh, Grant Cardone, uh, you know, closed on that deal. So uh, after I left, you know, I started my own company um, called 4BPM. And, you know, really it's our mission to help people, you know, discover their own personal cheat code to live their best life. So whatever that looks like for any individual, whether it's losing weight, uh, losing fat, uh, building muscle, having more energy, sleeping better, or just having better sex, right? Or, you know, bringing the best version of yourself to your mission every single day. Yeah. You know, we help people discover how to do that more easily just by asking their body a series of questions because we believe, you know, the body is infinitely intelligent as long as you know what questions to ask and obviously how to interpret that data. So we take that and we build highly customized protocols to help you know, individuals achieve their goals you know, significantly quicker than they would on their own. Because if you think about it, 99% of the planet has no idea what's happening in their body. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, how in the world can you be expected to make educated decisions on your health, your wellness, your diet, your stuff? It's impossible.
1: Yeah. So,
0: you know, we really are basically an education company that kind of masquerades as a health and wellness company, because we really help people understand what's happening in here and how their decisions will basically affect, you know, their, you know, their body. So uh, once they kind of learn that, then, you know, it makes it so much easier instead of having to beat your head against the wall or stab in the dark.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So with all of your, how do you feel that let's start back with your early experience as in real estate, how do you feel that helped you today? Like the experience working in real estate at such a young age? Well,
0: we did a lot of creative strategies and being a hard-working lender as well, people would come to us to try to borrow money. So I have a filter of how everything can kind of go wrong, you know, in a way. And yeah. I'm trying to basically figure out what is absolute worst case scenario and then try to mitigate risk from there.
1: Yeah. So
0: obviously being an entrepreneur, opening you know, a startup or any type of business, you know, it's fraught with risk. So how do you identify the risk and how do you mitigate it? Because you know, that's really uh, the entire crux of entrepreneurship, right? Yeah. You know, if you can basically mitigate the risk and obviously deliver a solution for your clients, you know, that is, you know, above and beyond what everyone else can deliver, then you're going to do extremely well.
1: Yeah. I love that. That's so much. So can you talk a little bit about that process? So you, you see a problem and, ha- and how do you assess mitigating the risk to come up with a solution?
0: Uh, basically, you know, I kind of run the scenario in my head. And from there I say, OK, if this doesn't happen, then what happens? And then I just kind of go down that path. And then I say, OK, if this doesn't happen, you know, then I just kind of follow that path along the way. And then I say, OK, well, here's you know, where the major risks are. And from there, it's like, okay, can we mitigate it uh, in a way where it makes sense? And from there, you know, if we can, then, you know, yeah, we should move forward. But otherwise, if it's too risky, then, you know, it it doesn't make sense, right? Uh, So, for example, uh, a prime example of that is when Richard Branson uh, started uh, Virgin Atlantic. So he acquired the, uh, the airplanes that were required, obviously, to, you know, to start the company, but if he failed, he just gave the planes back. So then at which point, you know, you don't have any risk in that sense, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he was able to negotiate that uh, and, you know, was actually, you know, absolutely brilliant on his part.
1: Awesome, I love that. One of the things we do with our talent is um, we, as you know, we work with actors, models, and musicians. And one of the things we do is we offer them a million dollar guarantee so they can come in, get the training and if anything happens they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't get a million dollars worth of value. They can come and they can get a refund at the end of their training. So I love love that mitigating risk because so many times people, when they're trying something new, there's so much fear involved for a lot of people, even if it's something they've dreamed of their whole lives, there's so much fear involved. And so I love the way that you just described mitigating risk, because that's something that I think... As you're pursuing anything new, you have to do that. You have to okay, like what's the worst case scenario and what's the best case scenario? And does the best case scenario outweigh the worst case scenario? Yeah,
0: exactly. And it's about making that you know client experience as seamless and as streamlined as possible. Right. Yeah. Obviously, the more friction points you have, you know, the more they're gonna drop out. So, yeah. you know, if you can make it almost like the, you know, what we call the mafia offer, right? It's an offer you can't refuse then, you know, you're going to have obviously, you know, more clients, they're going to refer more people. And then that's obviously going to, you know, snowball and the momentum is going to, you know, push you forward.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. Now, um, tell me more about 4pm also, because I'm fascinated by biohacking and just by getting to know my body and like learning how to master it. So, Actors, models, and musicians, like one of the things that they need to do is they obviously need to maintain a certain physique, right? Because being on set for 16, 18 hours a day can wear you down rather quickly. So can you talk a little bit more about what you do with 4P, 4BPM four and how how has that changed your life as well?
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, so, you know, 4BPM, it actually stands for an acronym. So it's bones, bloods, biologics, and body. And then, you know, physiology, psychology. Um, and then uh, two tests that we do, uh, methylation, uh, metabolomics, and then obviously for the people that are more uh, advanced, meditation and manifestation. So it's actually, you know, it's actually an acronym uh, for all of those you know, things that we basically deliver to our clients. And really biohacking is all about just understanding you know, what's happening in here and then trying to create that shortcut or the, what we call the cheat code, right? So you can kind of, either live longer, you can look better or whatever it may be, because again, everyone's goals a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And there's a challenge for a lot of people because there's so much information out there. But the problem is they don't have either the understanding or the knowledge to filter through to see, does this information make sense for my particular you know, goals and aspirations? Yeah. You know, so for example, I just had a call with, uh, with a patient uh, on Sunday A couple days ago. And, you know, she was a former D1 soccer player. And, you know, we were talking about her nutrition. And she's like, well, back in the day, when I used to play soccer, they told me I had to eat every two hours. And, you know, I had to feel my body and, and everything else. And I said, okay, well, I understand that. Well, what are you trying to accomplish now? She's like, well, I've put on a lot of weight since then. I'm trying to lose the weight. I'm like, okay, great. Now, are you exercising as much as you were back then? No, I'm not. Okay. So obviously her expenditure is extremely lower than what it used to be. So again, now that she's trying to lose weight and not necessarily feel her body for like the high performance uh, athletic um, endeavors that she had before it changes. Yeah. So, you know, even, you know, D1 athletes that have access to probably better nutrition or you know training or whatever it may be versus you know normal people you know they even have uh, you know misconceptions about you know what the best thing to do is as their goals obviously change and evolve you know uh, yeah. you know throughout their life.
1: That makes sense. So what is one little biohack trick or tip that you can give someone who's listening to the podcast? Maybe they're not they weren't a Division One athlete. What is one simple thing that people can tune into themselves? so that they can start making a transformation say it's we just one little thing that people can tune into just sure
0: uh, so you know this is a question uh, are you familiar with the two scientifically and clinically proven ways to extend your lifespan and your health span do do you know the two
1: no i i don't no i'm not okay. familiar with those
0: so it's fasting and caloric restriction mm-hmm. Okay. And the reason why that is, is because the process of digestion requires the entire focus of the body. And what I mean by that is if you've seen anybody under the infrared, when they have an empty stomach, all their blood flow and heat is in their head and in their thoracic area in their chest. Once they eat, literally everything goes to their stomach, right? So that's why you have the typical afternoon crash, because Mm -hmm. if you haven't eaten anything, right, all the blood flow goes to your, you know, to your stomach. And that's why people feel tired after they eat uh, in the afternoon. And what I mean by the process of digestion requires the entire focus of the body is think about what digestion is the actual process you're taking meat and you're breaking it down to its lowest common denominator, which is amino acids for your body to use. You're breaking down, you know, bread to glucose or you know, fats into, uh, you know, triglycerides and, you know, other, uh, you know, lower, uh, cholesterol, um, you know, uh, products. So, the issue is every time you eat, you create more inflammation.
1: Hmm.
0: And obviously, the message that we hear is you need to eat every two hours. Okay. Yeah. Well, that is basically the food industry trying to push food on you because if you don't eat, you're not buying the products and they're losing money. Yeah. Right? Or they're not making enough money. And when you fast, you know, like let's say with intermittent fasting, which is just the process of, not eating during a certain time frame and then only eating during a certain window. Uh, once you get into you know 12 hours of fasting, you basically deplete your body's glucose stores. And then from there, luckily your body's highly adaptable, what occurs is you start going into ketosis, which means your body converts from utilizing glucose as energy into using fat as energy. So you basically become a fat-burning furnace because your body, at that point in time, will start utilizing the fat instead of you know, the carbohydrates because, again, there's none there. And then beyond that, once you get into 24 hours of fasting, you go into what we call autophagy. So autophagy is the body's spring cleaning mechanism where it will identify, eliminate, and then recycle all your bad and damaged cells. Okay? But if you never get into... A time frame where you don't eat for twenty four hours. This never happens. Wow! And if that never happens, it's like trying to run like today's brand new computer with Windows ninety five.
1: Oh wow! Okay.
0: Okay. So you're not having the best versions of yourselves working. Okay. <laughs> so you're going to have a lot of glitches. You're going to have a lot of issues. Uh, so that's why we, you know, obviously tell you know uh, all of our patients to intermittent fast as well as. Uh, do a three day fast, water fast, at least every six to 12 months, because after autophagy, 48 hours of fasting, you actually get a human growth hormone reset. Uh, And then from there, 72 hours, you get a metabolic reset where you reset your metabolism. But none of that ever happens if you eat, if you continuously eat. So yeah, unfortunately, that's what the food industry kind of pushes on us. And, you know, for the people that say, you know, you need to eat every two hours, unless you're trying to be a bodybuilder while you're trying to maintain muscle mass, right. And you're trying to build and build and build, right. You know, it doesn't necessarily make sense if you're trying to lose weight because you know, what happens as well is, you know, every time you eat, you spike your glucose level. Right. And then from there, your body needs to basically create insulin to shuttle that blood sugar into the cell to utilize the energy. And that, that happens in the pancreas. Yeah. So the pancreas needs to release insulin. So every time you spike your blood sugar, you spike your insulin. Every time you spike your blood sugar, you spike your insulin. What most people don't realize is you cannot burn fat in an insulin-rich environment. Hmm. So that statement right there is the entire reason why we have an obesity epidemic here in the United
1: States. Wow. Why don't tell me that, Benjamin? <laughs>
0: yeah, of course. They, they don't tell you that because what do they do? And I, and I have four physicians in my family. Okay, so <laughs> I'm the black sheep. I didn't go to medical school. But when it comes to biohacking and understanding the body and how to get the best out of it, you know, it's a completely different mindset because yeah. all, you know, all, most physicians, right? Not all physicians, but most physicians, what they do and what they've been taught is you identify a cluster of symptoms. And then from that cluster of symptoms, you prescribe a pharmaceutical. Yes. Right. All that's doing is you're masking, you know, whatever, you know, the symptomology is instead of looking at your cause. Hmm. Right. Whereas we look at root cause, okay? It's not about trying to bury the symptomology. It's like, what is causing the symptomology? And we address that particular issue.
1: Wow.
0: And, you know, going back to the whole high insulin levels and, you know, the obesity epidemic, if you think about what's included in the SAD or the standard American diet, what do you eat for breakfast? What's a typical breakfast consist of?
1: Usually it's either eggs or... um like cereal, most people think they cereal, they're like oatmeal, bagel, something like that.
0: Yep, exactly. So, you know, if you think about waffles, bagels, uh, muffins, uh, what else? Uh, Cereal, granola, caramel macchiato from Starbucks, all that Now you're stepping
1: on toes, Benjamin. Now you're stepping on toes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's all sugar. And, you know, if you constantly spike your, you know, your glucose levels, you're constantly spiking your insulin levels, which makes it more and more difficult for you to burn fat. Yeah. So, yeah, oh. that's that's why, you know, a lot of people are obese, you know, in the United States. What is it? Like 60 something percent, I believe.
1: Yeah. Wow. Well, I got I learned more about my body in the last 15 minutes than I have in 47 years of talking to doctors trying to fix things. So, thank <laughs> you very much for that.
0: Absolutely. And the medical system isn't designed to do that. You know, does yeah. a typical office visit to your physician's office look like? You know, you fill out the paperwork, you sign in, you sit in the waiting room for thirty minutes to an hour. You, you go back,
1: wait. they make you, you feel bad about how much you, you know, weigh. They
0: take your vitals, and then you sit in the room, and then eventually they come in. And what is that typical interaction? They say it's it's sixteen minutes in the U.S. The average interaction between patient and provider is sixteen minutes,
1: and that's being like, generous.
0: It's like five minutes, right? Yeah, literally. Okay, what's wrong? Uh, here's script, and then. I think that 60 minutes is divided into five minutes of interaction and then 11 minutes of filling out paperwork for the insurance company to be paid.
1: Yeah, very true.
0: So they don't have the time or the resources to sit down with you and explain everything. Because typically when you you get your lab results, what do they say? You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Unless you actually stop them and say, hey, listen, what does that mean? Yeah. They don't explain it to you.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: So, you know, it's unfortunate and, you know, we really look at ourselves as kind of the bridge between, you know, the normal person that doesn't have a medical education, you know, and, you know, the providers, because we take really complex, you know, medical terminology and medical theory, and we try to associate it to something you've experienced before. So then it makes it so much easier to understand, you know, the processes that are occurring in your body. Wow.
1: That's awesome. Well, Benjamin, this has been very eye opening. Thank you very much. Where can my listeners find you if they want to follow you on social media or they want to um, reach out to you?
0: Yeah. uh, So our website is uh, just www.4bpm.com. On Instagram, we're 4bpm.official. 4bpm.official. And then, you know, if uh, they want to reach us, uh, they can just call us at uh, 833-838-4BPM or 4276.
1: So 833-838-4BPM. Awesome. Well, Benjamin, again, thank you so much for taking the time out to be on the podcast today. I learned so much about entrepreneurship, about how my body works. I think I'm going to start fasting tomorrow morning. So um, (laughs) (laughs) thank you. But seriously, thank you so much for your information. I really appreciate you taking out the time to be here today.
0: Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah. And we're just trying to get this information out there to as many people as possible so that they can take control of their own health and wellness.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Thank you so much. All right. So guys, if you are listening to this podcast, make sure you hit subscribe to the VIP Ignite Live podcast. You can follow us on all forms of social media at VIP Ignite Live or VIP Ignite. And make sure you tune in because I have a lot more amazing podcasts coming up. All right. Again, Benjamin, thank you so much for being here today.
0: Thank you for having me.